Welcome back to the Act 2 podcast, a podcast for the real-life working screenwriter. I'm Tasha Hugh. And I'm Josh Hallman. And today we have a special guest, so we are going to just skip the intro and get into it because I always get too excited. Um, Scott Glassgold, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Thank you for having me. I don't know if Josh told you, we've actually talked about you on the podcast already. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that. That's awesome. We've already (laughs) mentioned you. Um, because we kept hearing all of this news about writers who were getting their short stories picked up and sold at major studios. And we were just fascinated by this. And thank you for coming on to talk about this, because I know this is a really great avenue for for writers. It's great to be here. And it's a a very exciting time and uh, uh, happy to to talk about it all. Yeah, I I was saying to both of you beforehand, and I've said this to Tasha, we've talked about this on the podcast, I, I've seen your name so many times, and it was like, who is this Scott Glasgold, and how is he <laughs> doing must, this? No. And, and so I guess before we jump into everything, I want to maybe give a little intro of who you are. And like, kind of, you are the founder of Ground Control, is that correct? Correct, yes. You're right. Okay, you are a manager, a lit manager. You represent directors as well. Uh, I'm doing a horrible job of this. Could Maybe, maybe a quick little rundown of... Of, of sure. I, I mean, Ground Control is a, is a management production company. Uh, we uh, represent a, a handful of writers, directors, and as you pointed out, prose writers as well. And then on the production side, uh, I produce pieces that are unique into themselves and or working with clients who have projects that uh, it, it makes sense for me to produce on. It's always a case by case basis. I mean, that's the snapshot of who we are. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, well, do you mind me asking where you're from and like uh, how you got into the industry? Sure, sure. OG stories. Let's see. I, I started out on the East Coast. I worked for studios on the East Coast. There was a, there was a brief period of time in the in the aughts where, you know, uh, studio production and studios were really sort of thriving in New York City. So uh, my first job out of school was at Disney and marketing. And then I went from Disney to New Line Cinema. Did you study film in school, Scott, or business or marketing or it's a good question i didn't study film although i had always been working in the business since high school like you know, whatever i i interned at the local television station and in dc where i went to school the afi was based mm-hmm. i was lucky enough to spend a few years at the afi and it really amounted to just watching a ton of movies which was great and they had this building and the the original afi office was in the watergate and Charlton Heston was the president of like AFI in the 70s and he designed the office and it was I guess you would call it like wall to ceiling carpet so it was this green what? carpet that was even on the walls it was like <laughs> I, I mean it was amazing incredible I mean, there's no way that still exists because it's so damn cool I'm sure they ripped it up so that was awesome but then I, I came out of school worked at studios and um Loved it, enjoyed it. It, w- it was an invaluable experience, but also simultaneously became very clear to me that I wanted to be doing something for myself that was a bit more more autonomous and and not working for the system, maybe with the system as we do now on, on individual projects or otherwise. But it, but it, it was clear to me that, that wasn't my fate. Uh, so I came out here. Uh, and made a movie called Hurricane Season. That was the first thing I did on my own. I, I, I quit New Line, and I put together this movie with Farce Whitaker and Tarashi Henson, and we made it for uh, what was the Weinstein Company. And that, that was that was my transition from studio life to indie life, and I, I haven't gone back. Damn. 
I feel like there's so many mini stories within that, by the yeah, way. There's but- a lot of mini stories, and I'm happy to answer any of them. You feel, <laughs> feel free to ask. <laughs> I always find the stories of how people got into this industry very fascinating because everyone comes from a completely different angle. Like, I've never heard this story that you just, like, yeah. no one's come near describing your story. So it's it's definitely fascinating. Did you know you wanted to, I guess, produce and be on that side of things instantly? Because you, you clearly loved films growing up and you just watched a lot of content. Was there ever a moment where you're like, I want to be a writer or I want to be a director? Or was it always like, I knew I wanted to produce? I mean, I think what, what, it was always came down to I want to make cool shit, mm-hmm. and and what in whatever. Yeah. Josh says that or, all the time. Or, <laughs> is that true? Cool it's shit. like you know, yeah. it, it's and it, it always sort of like what my role in making cool shit varies, and that's kind of fun too. You know, sometimes uh, it will be a hands-on producer. Sometimes it will be helping a writer shape their piece. Sometimes I'll have original ideas and and. I'll figure out a way to to grow them. I think that's really exciting about sort of even where the industry is right now in the sense of that flexibility. If you, I'm still warming up on my coffee, so forgive me, but I'll find my words. <laughs> but, but I think it's a really exciting time, uh, you know, as we're finding even with short stories or otherwise, that uh, it really is a moment where, to me, the genesis is the cool thing. And, and then drilling down further on like, okay, what medium that is that? Or what is the stepping stone medium to get it to being a film or otherwise? And it just feels like whether it's an openness in the industry, the availability of technology, whatever it is, it's, it's that confluence that to me, it just makes this a really exciting moment. I feel like you're the type of person who's embracing AI and you're, you're like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to take it over. Look, I'm always I'm always interested in whenever there there's new technology or new whatever. I think AI is a particularly sticky one, particularly on the creative side, on the writing side. So I, I think that's it's, it's there's not an easy answer yeah, there. Yeah, I certainly yeah. have an awareness to it and I've messed around with it with art and things like that. It it's something I wanna like all these things that come up and particularly even when they're controversial is just sort of getting my head around it and getting an understanding of how it works and then and then figuring out what that means for it to be a tool in, in, in my work. So I would say still an exploration phase for that. I think that's smart. Yeah, me too. Okay. Let's get into the meat. Let's get into some meat. So you're obviously the master of like these short stories and this and we're gonna get into that for a second, but you've produced like a ton of short films. I guess I just want to dive into that because do you see short films as an avenue currently for writers, directors to kind of like kickstart their career? And like what drew you to short films? What, what kind of made you go down that way? Yeah, I mean, I, I love short films. I think it's inordinately empowering. Mm-hmm. And that's that to me is what's so exciting about it in that nearly any filmmaker, it will be that one moment in time where you can incept a piece go produce it, cut it, and release it without anybody's input uh, outside of the people that you choose to. You're not beholden to anybody um, unless you've got a really opinionated uncle <laughs> but uh, or whoever is underwriting your short. Uh, but outside of that, like, it's really pure. It really is extraordinary. So, and you know, and even filmmakers that then get to a high level and are making films for studios or others don't have that luxury. Of course, you know, there's always going to be the exception, but all things considered. So that's really great because it's a true, very clear expression that isn't um, necessarily trying to 
guess where the audience will be or a piece box office. So that in and of itself is cool. But however, it's just very empowering. I always look at it sort of in two buckets when you're making short film, or at least it's the litmus test that I use to uh, get involved in a project. Whereas, of course, it should be um, a calling card. And you should, when you're making a short, you have to say to yourself, and by the way, when, when I work with directors, it's the, the exact same sort of motto that we embrace is like, as you're about to take a gig or whatever, it's like, can you do your best work? Because inevitably, particularly when making a movie, like it's at least a fucking year of your life, if not more. And as exciting as it is, it is to get a gig. If at the end of that journey, you're like, there was no way I was ever going to do something that good. It's not worth it. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I recognize financial pressure, so I don't want to diminish that. But outside of like, holy shit, I need to, you know, put bread on the table. It really, really is important that you can do something that that you feel like will either further your career or frankly, you'll just be proud of. Right. Um, And far too often emerging directors who maybe have a little heat or, you know, have the capability to, to get attention will take a gig. And it'll really, they'll come out the other side with no moves because it's sort of like the promise of an emerging director is even more exciting than a director that made an okay movie. Because that the, the director who hasn't directed yet is like, oh shit, well maybe they are PTA. But yeah. when it, the movie comes out and it doesn't work for most likely not their fault, right? Low budget, bad script, but a hundred reasons. Th- then there's sort of a mark against them. So mm-hmm. I'll get back to the short film question, but but it's it's back to short film what's so great about it is is that it's a calling card and but then simultaneously i always think that it's very important that it should be transactional meaning that you want that film to end and whoever you're showing it to it primarily you know whether it's a financier or buyer or otherwise i i think you want them to look at it and say holy shit let's make that into a feature yeah and i don't want to minimize the short film and there's Beautiful short films that get nominated for the Academy Award every year that are, are standalone and uh, are tell a, a lovely story. And there's, of course, room for that. I'm talking specifically to what to what I'm drawn to, sort of a microcosm of that same reason I just laid out there and that, like, it takes a lot of time and probably a lot of your savings. So if you're doing both those things, it I think there's an obligation to have some form of a business plan. And that business plan hopefully is – Hey, look how good I am. But like the calling card of it, look how good I am. It ultimately just gets you into the ODA line, which is just, you're just moving lines. Whereas if you are creating a property that you control uh, and can leverage into getting financing, well, then it's all worth it. Then you've really leveled up and taken your talent and taken your time, which is just as precious and, and, and move the ball down the field. That's why I love the short film because you can do that. For, for all those reasons. So I, I'm very much a believer in a short, for sure. Yeah. But it feels like it's, as you're describing, a director's calling card versus a writer's. Like a writer, do you feel like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, do you feel like doing a short film as a writer specifically, you don't want to be a writer-director, you want to be a writer, makes sense? Or are there other avenues that are easier? <laughs> you know, that's a great question. I think inevitably the sort of attention that a short film gets is weighted towards the director. It really is a, a director's piece. Uh, and don't get me wrong there. There's if, 
if you have an idea and, you, and as a writer, as a director, you really believe in, let's say you don't want to direct at all. And conceptually, it's strong. You just make sure you, you've wrapped your arms around it and, and planted the flag that it's yours. Because all too often, what will happen is, this is great. We love this short. We want to bring on X writer mm-hmm. or, or Y writer, established writer. And there's just less ownership in a short film. And I don't mean that literally, because you can establish whatever ownership you know you have. But it's just... Someone will look at it and say, well, it's, it's, five, it's a five-page thing, but we'll bring in a writer, you know, uh, an established writer to write the whole thing. So I think it's something to be aware of, and I think there's value in it, but I would certainly be conscientious of that because mm-hmm. it, 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 it's, it look at the same time, it's probably a lot less work for a writer as well. So like it, it, in terms of if you're simply writing a short film, not to diminish the work, but once you have concept, it is a shorter script, whereas the director and producer, like, it, it's a longer journey for them. So I I guess it, I never really, like, stop to think about because often when I'm making shorts, it's with writer-directors, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's call it an odd or whatever you want, but, like, it's the, someone who wants to do everything. But simply as a writer, I think there's value in it, particularly, look, if you wrote X short and it got turned into Y movie, that's fantastic. Or if it's a really, really strong concept, I think that's a great way to sort of, you know, demonstrate vision and, and ability to conceptualize. It just, at the end of the day, I don't think it guarantees you to get hired to write the film. Now, if you then did a great short and, and wrote it on spec or otherwise, or, or made a compelling case to do it, sure. But I would, I would, I would hedge my enthusiasm ever so with, with, with all that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. Okay, I just can't wait anymore. We got to dive into the short story stuff. So you find short stories. You're a master of this. And I, I, I don't know all the areas you find it, but w- my knowledge is you find short stories on Reddit. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, uh, t- to a degree, that's correct. Um, I-, I have found a couple stories straight from Reddit. I would say more often than not, I find writers from Reddit. And then we, we work together to to create pieces. Oh. It's very rare to find a, a piece that's sort of ready to go on Reddit. Uh, ever so often, conceptually, there, there's a piece um, that, I'll, that I'll get really excited about. And I'll connect with the writer and maybe we'll develop a little bit further. But I think what I, what I would say about the Reddit and specifically what we're talking about is No Sleep is it's a great great creative ecosystem there's uh, really really talented writers in that space so it's a great place to connect with writers uh but it's 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 happened uh a couple times where we found pieces that were sort of fully baked on reddit but it so it it's a it's a little bit of a hybrid and so the general idea is that someone posts uh, their short story to uh the no no sleep subreddit it gets kind of voted up or you know gets looked at a lot and draws attention and that's how if you're posting a short story on reddit that's how you get like eyes on it right it's through people kind of upvoting their their short story i can't even believe i sound so old yeah i mean that's what the upvote does it it'll it'll raise the profile gotcha okay of um of the piece if you get more upvotes i i i you know i don't know fully how all their analytics work but i do think you know the more upvotes you get you're gonna have more presence on on their home page and it's you know it's it's a very nurturing community uh in like if you have ever spent time there and sort of like read the comments 
the comments are never like, oh, that sucks or, or that's good. It's always in world mm. and it's always like warning the character or giving them advice or, or even if someone's like onto the story, they'll say it again sort of like as though they're a participant versus an awful commenter that wow. basically exists on every other mm-hmm. platform in the world. Mm. So it's, it's really sort of special in that regard. Uh, so that that community is very thoughtful, very very supportive of others. I would say the, the greatest resource it's been for for my work is is like I said, finding writers, meeting people with unique voices, um, and from there we'll we'll start a dialogue and we'll start a journey of of figuring out what they're working on, what would be a good fit for what we do, um, and it's about sort of developing that rapport mm-hmm. where. I would say I've had the the most success and you know shared success with these writers in that the the voice w- once I've zeroed in on someone who who clearly has the craft some of what I do is that orientation to that very very narrow bullseye that we have of selling things in terms of like con- concept clean idea maybe star vehicle whatever it is all those sort of things that we check off and are invisible checklist that doesn't really exist, but sort of, you know, it when you see it, um, and I'll, I'll do a lot of that work where I'll read a special piece. And for one reason or another, typically it doesn't work, but we'll get on the phone. And it's like, Hey, what are you working on? And they'll list off five things I'm like, Oh, that one sounds kind of cool. Mm. And then we kind of just sort of deep dive from there. That to me is where, most of the success has occurred and it's sort of, I mean, look, it's incredibly fun and it's incredibly gratifying because again, these are writers who are, who are trying to break out, trying, trying to grow their craft, have a success. So to be able to help bridge that uh, is super exciting. Do you find that the writers you reach out to and, and you sort of answer the another question I had, which is, what do you look for in writers? So you're you're finding writers who clearly have a craft. They have ability to track characters mm-hmm. and tell a really engaging story. Probably have a really good concept in their their short story. And when you reach out to them, do you find that they typically have? I have five other things. Or are they like shocked to have your call and are like, oh well, I never thought about it that I could have a career in this. I'll get into that. Nine times out of ten, it's like, oh, let me send you my Excel sheet of a hundred ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Usually, usually that's what it is. I mean, particularly on No Sleep, you know, it's funny. It, it it's. I think it all just has to do with sort of um, your environment. What I mean by that is, like, No Sleep is entirely uninhibited. You can submit as much as you want. You can submit whenever you want. If something doesn't work, it doesn't keep in terms of audience views or otherwise. It doesn't keep you from posting again. And I think it's like whatever it's nature nurture, if you will. So if you're if you were born into that environment that's really conducive to just generating, and if it doesn't work, who cares? Fucking turn the page. <laughs> I, I think that's conditioning, you mm-hmm. know. Versus, frankly, out here, like it could beat you down, right? Like you write a spec, takes a long time. Maybe it doesn't get the reception you want, and you're like, oh fuck, okay, I'll write another spec. And it's hard. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, it, I'm acknowledging how hard it is. But at the same time, in terms of output, because of that, the um, the tempo of this town, it, it may limit your output because that's just sort of you're only going to get so many scripts to send out in a year or otherwise. Whereas um, it, there's sort of no rules there and there's no barriers that I find people are more willing to 
throw things against the wall. Now, look, I'll qualify that. It, it, it connects to what I was just talking about in terms of like the idea being really dialed in, because I think, you know, to any of your listeners on, on this podcast, if you're a screenwriter, I think you're meditating for quite a long time, or you should be on, on your idea, on mm -hmm. your concept um, and making sure, or at least hoping that it it's, it's going to satisfy some sort of bullseye because, you know, what's, what's different from a short story than a, script is that a short story in of itself is a fulfilled medium. You can put it out and someone can enjoy it. Certainly someone can enjoy a screenplay, but that's not its intended purpose. Its intended purpose is ultimately to get adapted into a feature film. Um, so I, I think probably this is, this might be a 9am ramble. So forgive me. No. I'm just sort of thinking about it out loud, but like, you know, with, with, with the short story, there's something very gratifying of starting and ending and putting it out there and people are reading it. So I think that's why people generate so much concept online. Anyway, I've, yeah. I've gone off, I've no, gone off the reservation. Not at all. Help they, me, uh, no, I'm, okay. glad, I'm glad when you wander. It's do you re all helpful. Do you remember the first short story that you found on Reddit and then you realized that, or maybe not even on Reddit, but anywhere where you found the first, first short story and you're like, holy shit, I think I could sell this idea. Like, and then realizing this, this could be a, a business. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. It's a funny one too. So I work with a, a very, very talented screenwriter by the name of Harrison Query. He's sold a ton of stuff mm -hmm. at the highest level. Uh, right now, uh, he has a pitch that, that we sold that uh, John Cena and Idris Elba, uh, heads of state are shooting right now in Europe. So he, he's really about to sort of have his, his next level moment, but he, he's amazing. And he called me. And he's like, my brother wrote a short story. It's awesome. I'm like, oh, fuck. I have to read somebody's brother's <laughs> short story. Um, you already repped him at this point? I, Harrison I repped, but okay. the, the brother was, you know, yeah, yeah. a brother that lived uh, not in L.A. And, you know, it, it, all those things were like, oh, great. I got to spend two hours, whatever. Um, <laughs> and I read it, and no pun intended, and it, it, it was on Reddit. And, and it was amazing. It was just fantastic and that was ultimately uh my wife and i bought a ranch mm. uh, which we sold with, with james wan to netflix in a, in a very very exciting bidding war and that was the first uh short story that i sold so i i really sort of hat tip to harrison and his brother matt who is very very talented and since then in addition to ranch which is actively in development in a very exciting way uh they also did a piece called wilderness reform that's at Paramount right now. Um, so we, we did that once and we, we replicated that model with them. Uh, but they were, they were the first ones I ever partnered with for short stories. So it was, uh, I, I do credit them and I, I owe it to them. Of wow, that was really great. And I mean, I mean, that was wild. I, I read that story on a Tuesday and we sold it for seven figures by Friday. What? Um, it was bananas. These stories, I yeah, feel yeah. like, are just these like mythical unicorns that you only ever hear about. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. This is why I was like, I, and I, I, of course, I've, uh, I'm familiar with Harrison just through Deadline. I don't, I don't obviously know him personally or anything, but yeah, exactly what you're saying. I feel like I've read and seen his name a million times and he's just been, it seems like he's just pumping out a lot. And does he now write short stories? Does He's very talented. So do you recommend that your clients write short stories? Like, are you now saying to Harrison, hey, why don't you, this is, you know, your brother had success here. Maybe this is something you should do as well. And we can try to sell it. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the, the short answer is yes. Okay. Um, it's a really, you know, I could dive even more. What's so exciting about this model is that it, it allows for us to sell a short story to film, get that track going. Um, but simultaneously, we hold back all publishing rights. So for every short that we have sold, we have done a book deal for provided the author wants to, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, there's always been the interest. Sometimes an author's just like, I'm not going to fucking write a book. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with what happened. Thank you very much. Uh, but it's also very gratifying too. And to sort of dovetail that with the short film, very often the, we, we would reach a point, particularly on like the sci-fi pieces where we, we would hit a ceiling with the risk that a studio would want to take with an emerging director. And sometimes they would give us like this awful Sophie's choice of like, we want to continue with the project, but we don't want the director to stay on. And it's just like, uh, <laughs> that's exactly why they made the short film. Mm -hmm. The great thing about the short story is that we can sell it to film, have a uh, fantastic screenwriter adapt the short story, but the prose writer stays on and writes the book. Mm. So in many ways, they are continuing with their journey as a prose writer kind of living out that dream because they've got a book deal with Simon and Schuster or otherwise. So no one's taking away their baby. And in fact, they're leaning into their craft, what they're best at and allowing for someone who frankly is better at, at, at screenwriting mm. more, nine times out of 10, the query brothers are the exception and letting that writer adapt. So it's this wonderful thing where obviously financially it's exciting, but creatively it allows both entities to grow. And then as a, Produce on the project, it, it's nice too because it, it allows the IP to flourish. Whereas I always say, when when you sell a movie, there's a 15% chance it gets made. When you sell a book, there's a 99% chance it's getting published. So what often happens is we're in development on the film, takes a while, script comes in, need to do a rewrite, and and you're really always trying to make sure you're keeping momentum. I mean, that's like the secret of of, of you know getting a movie made is keeping everyone excited. So. A year into development, a book comes out and there's a big spread in the newspapers. There's great reviews. People are finding it. It's a wonderful support system for that film project. Right. When people's interest starts going down a little bit, it can be. That's right. Yeah, right? You, that's you, great. More, more likely than not, you've plateaued a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. So so if I'm ex-studio executive, like, ah, oh, shit, do I want to you know, pay for another pass on this thing? And then literally, I mean, I've had this happen where like five studios call and like, hey, if you're not going to do anything with this, we want it. Like, no, no, no. We want it. We're good. We love yeah. it. We're, you know. That's super smart. It, it works out beautifully for, you know, sort of holistically across the board. Whereas it, I don't want to say it keeps anybody honest, but is it just a good reminder of the value of the IP? Wow. Yeah, absolutely. And do you, do you now find you, that the emails you receive, if there's like a blind submission to you, are they short stories or are they specs or like ideas? Are they like, hey, I have a short story for you? I mean, it's kind of across the board. You always have that weird feeling that 100 people have also gotten the same exact email. Of course, yeah. You know, I try to sort of pick and some, sometimes the blind query just kind of gets you. I'm like, oh, hey, that's a, that's a, you got me. That's a good hook, mm -hmm. a bite. Uh, but yes, there's a lot of queries on that. But it's, I, I often find myself more so in terms of the search for the new writer is, is one that, I'm a bit more proactive on of, of rather than it's the query that comes in, it's it's finding sort of that undiscovered writer on Reddit or, or elsewhere and, and working with them. But I mean, that's like 
I, look, I, I understand how hard it is. So I don't, you know, I don't want to diminish the query. I'm just yeah. being entirely no, no, transparent of, of when it comes in. But, but look, there's no better feeling in the entire journey of like the sale of like when I get to call a writer who was sort of just banging away on Reddit on no sleep with a day job. And like, there've been times where like, you know, these people are, have been struggling for a really long time. Like, Sleep, literally like sleeping on uncle's couches and then we get to call them and say guess what like between your film sale and your book sale you now have made a million bucks like there's no better call in the world than that yeah I, i've got to, i'm fortunate enough to have done it a bunch of times now and like it's very fulfilling it really is just the coolest thing yeah that's awesome yeah do you have you found any of the writers that have these short stories and you go to sell it and you say they're going to bring on another writer. Is that a hard conversation to have with them? Do they often want to become screenwriters or are they like, oh no, good. I don't want any part of that part of the business. I really, we, you know, it's really not an issue. A, because I think we're pretty clear up front. I mean, part of why I feel like the short story, at least for me anyway, has taken on even more prominence than the short film, which I, which I still do, but I'm very short story oriented is, there's no ceiling to the talent in which you can attach on a short story because it, it's hopefully it's very rich in concept. It's demonstrating a really big idea. Um, but because, you know, again, with a short story, sometimes like you have a first time director on there, which is fantastic. I've made a handful of films with first time directors and made tons of shorts with them. I, I love first time directors. I really do. But if you're talking about packaging for market, I'm not going to get an A-list actor if I have a director who's never directed a feature film. Like I just won't. Mm -hmm. I'm sure, there's going to be an exception, but more often than not, I won't. So similarly, even with the writers, when it's a prose writer, and that's that's usually how they're starting out. It gets a little bit more gray when it's an established screenwriter writing a short story. That that's a whole other bucket. But if if it's the prose writer, more often than not, this is this has been their main drive is writing prose. So the adaption, I, I haven't encountered that ever. And also it's sort of like having built sort of a model at this point, like the rules of engagement are pretty clear in advance, yeah. you know? And I, frankly, it would be a little prohibitive for me to start on a journey with someone on a short story and they had, you know, zero track record as a screenwriter. And they just said, I, I'm emphatically attached to screenwrite this probably won't get off the ground with me yeah. anyway. And, and that's, uh, you know, look, there's always the exception. And or like if someone had a, like a ridiculous sample and was like, and like it was undeniable, sure, of course. But just generally yeah, yeah, yeah. speaking, it's ultimately going to, at one point or another, it's going to inhibit your ability to sell it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I have a random question. What is the shortest short story that you have sold in the sense of like page length? Like, has there ever been like a one page? Oh man, I, I think um, I'm just trying to figure out how to hack the system no, over no, here. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, I, I, I have an answer for that. I have an answer. Uh, I think my mother-in-law wants to kill me. I think it was like only two thousand words. Holy moly! And that was something that had gone like what? <laughs> that was one that I, I didn't develop at all. I didn't know the writer. It it um, was on Reddit, and then it went viral on TikTok. Oh, and people were like reading the story, but like like ridiculously viral and i and i i tracked down the writer yeah um but that was just a very clean clean concept yeah. yeah so this is actually another question i had for you is aside from obviously we talked about reddit but 
What are the other avenues? TikTok, you can post short stories there. Again, I'm old and not on TikTok and I'm afraid of it at this point, but um, I am for some reason on Twitter and I've seen short stories on Twitter, you know, so like, do you, do you look for things on social media where you're like, oh, this is a cool short story. Maybe I can develop. I don't know if they, that even exists. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I am agnostic to where the ideas come from. For example, we sold a piece in February called Occupant. Mm. And Occupant, we were doing it with uh, Zach Treger and Roy Lee producing at, at New Line. And there was a story a couple of years ago about a woman who lived in Louisiana who had her main house, but there was a second house on her property that she just moved into the property. She was convinced the second house was haunted. She couldn't, this is all true. She couldn't tear it down no. for historical reasons. So she took, still true. She took an ad out on Facebook and said, whoever wants this house can come and get it. So I thought that was really fucking cool. Yeah. And I called her and she just told me everything that happened, but no one had come for the house. People came and looked at the house and sort of hemmed in hard, but nobody actually moved the house. I was like, there's no, there's no life right story here. The house never moved. It's just an idea. So that sort of sent me down the rabbit hole of haunted houses and haunted houses that have moved. Uh, and it turns out there's, there's a handful of houses that have been moved from one town to the other, seemingly haunted. There's video footage and everything. So I was like, oh, that's, that's a short story. So then uh, ultimately a writer that I had been talking to, trying to find something to collaborate on, I brought him in, Victor Sweeter. And that ultimately became the short story occupant that we sold. And it's about a haunted house that moves into a neighborhood. And the fun thing about that story and how it turned out is sort of like, it turns the haunted house trope on its head, meaning usually people move into a haunted house. Mm -hmm. So for a haunted house to move in, it flipped it. Uh, but that was something that like, I don't know, I think it was like a story in town and country or something yeah. that I don't normally look at, but a link popped up and that was the seed. And I also think that's a very fun part of the short story too, because you, you can take that inspiration and then, I mean, you can do it for a screenplay as well, of course, but, and then, and sort of bleed that into, oh, I wish this really happened versus like, you know, uh, it, mm -hmm. had I not sort of spent the last 18 months selling short stories, I probably would have looked at that story in Louisiana and said, oh shit, that house never moved. There's nothing here. Yeah. So I, I think it sort of, it opened up um, an avenue. Can we talk about the development of short stories? Because that's really interesting to me and I think very valuable to writers because as you mentioned earlier, writing a spec is hard and it takes a really long time. A short story can take much less time and it just your sort of time risk there makes more sense if you're writing a short story. So you, yeah. you said that it's not just finding short stories that are completed, but sometimes you'll talk to your writers and say, hey, here's an idea or an idea you've been thinking of maybe for a spec. Let's do it as a short story. Can you talk about kind of how that process is as a manager for your writers in terms of what you insist they think about when they go to write a short story that they intend to sell for film? Sure. I mean, it, it's always, oh, and again, this is just unique to me. Everybody can have their own sort of rules. So I, I, it's, I, there's not a, there's more than one way to do this. For me, it always comes down to concept. It, it, you have to have a big idea and it has to be really clear. There, there are wonderful short stories out there that don't have, them, but I'm talking about for, for my purposes and selling 
uh, uh, to market. I mean, even to the point where half of our stories have imagery on them. And mm-hmm. often the imagery, like, like, for example, Occupant is a big old haunted looking Victorian that's on wheels. And like, you know, ho- hopefully off of that image, you're like 50% there of, of like, wait, what is this? Yeah. So that's a big litmus test for me. But I mean, it, it always, always is about concept because as a manager, if I'm talking to this writer, if I'm working with this writer, I'm already a believer in their, in their craft and their ability. So it's about, okay, how do we make sure that you're investing your time and energy into an idea that ultimately will be received commercially because this part of it is the commercial endeavor. So it's a lot of meditation on the big idea. And that's part one mm-hmm. is like, is like, it's really stress testing it in a way. And, uh, and what I find is when the idea is strong, the story to hang it on is that much easier. It, it just is right. I mean, it's not always the case, but more often than not, it becomes pretty clear that the story that you're supposed to tell. So while you start with one, once really you've nailed part one of, of figuring out the concept is right, hopefully two falls into place, but two ultimately is a very rigorous exercise. I mean, the amount of time you on, I'm, I'm talking to writers, but like, yeah. You know, making sure that this thing is bulletproof, for lack of a better word, and just refining, refining, refining syntax, verbiage. Like it's it's mm-hmm. it's a little bit different uh, in terms of what you're looking to achieve in in a short story versus uh, a script. But to me, it's just very, very important that it's good. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like at this point, I don't want to go out with anything that that I just don't think is like really, really good. We we've sent a benchmark. And uh, sort of now it's about like it's, I, it's kind of like just taking pride in like this thing has to be fucking awesome. So it's that combination of like a great idea and then are we truly, truly executing? And look, part of that is I mean, we live on Google Docs. We're always going back and forth. Mm. And uh, I, I love Google Docs. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's in comments and editing, whatever it is, down to commas and periods. And um, just really digging in. I mean, that's that's the – I can that's answer more specifically, idea. but yeah. it's really – that's the one too. How long would you say uh, on average it takes to develop a short story idea with your writers from scratch? It's a good question. I, I would say it's a three-month endeavor usually – Occupant took longer, but I, I don't know. I was I was away shooting a movie, and I, I that probably would have gone quicker if we just like dedicated to it. It just depends on everyone else's focus, frankly, and like what everybody else is doing who's involved. Um, but I, I think three months is probably fair. Okay, that's a that's good, great. Good number to keep in everyone's head. I think. Would you recommend? So you know, most of our audience are are screenwriters who are doing the deep dive. They're, you know, working every day. They're struggling up that hill to, you know, keep this and maintain Mm -hmm. this as a sustainable career. Would you recommend writers of all kinds, writers who already have paid work as well as writers who are trying to get that first check, would you recommend that they start with short stories or put that as part of their tool chest? The question that I'm getting more and more now is, should I write this as a script or should I write this as a short story? Yeah. And to me, if you're asking the question, meaning like you're really unsure versus like, oh, this is a script. I'm going to write this as a script because I because I've had, you know, a writer that I work with and like I'm writing this as a script to go write this. And then the next thing I say, should I do this, this or this this way? And I say that in the sense of like sometimes it's totally perfectly clear what it should be and then go for it. Right. 
when it's not and you're and and like as long as you're being truly honest right like in terms of like you have to be honoring the idea there's a certain type of idea that just wouldn't make sense for a short story so like if you're if you're looking yourself in the mirror and like i'm being real i'm not like what should i do then my answer is write the short story or at least starting with the short story because at minimum, it's getting you out of the gate. Yeah. It's getting you iterating on the idea. And at worst, you spent a few days or whatever, you know, writing. You have pages on this idea. So even if you ultimately don't do it as a short story, it maybe has sort of broken the seal on exploring the idea. It's, it, and again, everybody's got their own process differently. But there's something a little less daunting about just – Diving onto Word versus Final Draft. Yeah, like, oh my god, I've got to write a perfect script. Versus like, I can just kind of fuck around yeah. here. Um, that I think is very liberating. So that's usually my advice of like, see, and then if like if it just falls into place, then that's what it's meant to be. But um, if it gives you an idea or otherwise, th- there's value in that too. Yeah. Do you find value with your current clients to? write a short story and then post it on Reddit to see if it can get, get some heat. And then with the heat from social media, you, you can then sell it because there's a little bit more, uh, there's momentum behind it. Yeah. I mean, he, here's a, it's a great question. And here's the honest answer. Early on, that was this strategy. It was, let's put it on Reddit. Let's get some heat and, and sort of slingshot that into something. At this point, it's a little less of a prerequisite mm-hmm. for what I do in the sense of fortunate enough to be in a situation where people sort of leaning in and saying, what's next? So the last five were not on Reddit. I love Reddit. I have a great relationship with Reddit. They're, they're very thoughtful, very kind. They're so artist friendly and always looking to protect the artist in terms of like rights. And like anytime we need them to sign a release or anything, they're like, whatever you need, we will, you know, cause BA always sort of needs a handful releases signed before, they feel good about chain of title when something's been on Reddit or, or any other site. And they, they've been awesome, period. Having said that, it, I just find less of the need for us to put it on Reddit first. Look, sometimes there's an established Reddit writer who wants to. Great. We can do that. It's no big deal, particularly because Reddit's so user-friendly. But at this point, it's it's just I don't necessarily need it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... I guess I would say you have a little bit more control over the material too and just in terms of how it's being shared and when if it's not online. But I wouldn't particularly with someone who maybe, you know, is trying to break in or otherwise, I would not uh, dissuade them from putting on Reddit at all. There's there's no downside for someone particularly if maybe you don't have representation or you're trying to break in or otherwise like – in that sort of momentum or, or profile of upvotes could, can only help. I have a related question then. So for, there are obviously so many levels of writers. There are writers who are making their living by writing, but want that next thing. And maybe even writers at that level, a spec is just too much for them at the time because they have other work or whatever the case is. So they want to write a short story. And typically it feels like that avenue is, I send it to my manager or my agent and they just, they do what you're doing. They just go directly to buyers um, because I already have a name. Therefore people would be fine and comfortable if I was screenwriting that. But writers who are maybe under that level, who do have reps and they have done OWAs or they've been out there on the pitch circuit 
but they don't yet have that name where Universal would trust them to adapt a short story. How do you recommend that writer go about that, go about publishing their short story? Is that like a Reddit situation? I need to publish it somewhere first to get some heat or go for it? There, there's, there's, there's a lot of questions within there or, or you raise a lot of questions within your sure. one question. <laughs> In terms of generating heat, what's nice about a short story and it, it's akin to a spec that if, if it's good, it's good and nobody should fucking care who wrote it. You know, that, that's the great thing about film over even TV, where in TV, it's, it's sort of the cumulative experience that probably will, will get you gigs in terms of getting staffed or otherwise. Whereas, like, if your spec is amazing, nobody cares what your day job is. Nobody cares what your experience is. And I, I think that's similar to a short. So if your short story is really good, you, you should be getting attention, particularly now when the town is, is leaning in. So that's parenthetically, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, you, you need to elbow your, your rep and say, get your shit together. Yeah. That's, that's my parenthetical of that. Uh, having said that, in terms of staying on and adapting it, I think it always comes down to all of these situations always comes down to the number two. And meaning if you have more than one person that, that wants it, you have the leverage to demand what you want. Yeah. And if that's, you know, so that sort of is hand in hand with creating the heat. Uh, so sometimes you create the heat so you can get the best offer financially. But if you have a different ask and it's like your, your version of it where it's like, it's not necessarily a reach, but it's not, you know, it wouldn't be the, you wouldn't be the obvious first person, uh, first choice to adapt it. Well, then that's when you, you try to leverage the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, there, there's, there's also sort of the other version of it within the market. And what I mean by that is we encounter this a lot where we don't always take what is the highest bid. We, we take the best partner. And for each project, there are – it's a different criteria. So very often there's, there's a lot of really great places out there that are like – we're like, there's so much of a greater chance that we're going to make this. Yes, we're not going to give you X number of dollars, but there's a greater chance we'll make it. So, uh, you know, again, that, that's that's a individual decision that comes down to the, the creator of the piece. Uh, so similarly, if it's, hey, we're not going to give you as much money, but we'll let you write it. Well, then that's your answer. Yeah. You know, and then by the way, you know. From a negotiation standpoint, they can just play that off to the highest bidder and say, "Well, they'll let us, they'll let me write it." But that's that's a whole other thing. But but that's how I would look at it, and that's why the creating the heat isn't just like this, you know, sort of phony sizzle. Like I I don't think you I don't think you can create heat on something that's not good. I don't think so. Or or it'll it'll really just be sizzle that that fades out. Mm-hmm. I really do. Sure. But to create heat on something that's good. Or, or make sure that it's being positioned right. That that's that's important, right? And then it because then it, it again it goes back to what we were talking about in terms of like whether it's a prose writer and them knowing the rules of engagement. Similarly, um, with the scenario that you described, it's it's we do this with any you know writer that we work with. It's like, what's your goal? Like, wh- what are we doing here? And sometimes someone's like, I don't give a fuck. I just need to send my kids to college. Yeah, and I totally respect that. Yeah. So like. Great. Got it. Highest bidder. The other version is like, I've got money where I don't care about money. I want to adapt this thing. Okay, great. So, you know, that's all about sort of the intake up front with the client. Yeah. And really just being clear on the goals and then honoring those goals. 
Um, so, so then when you go to market and you're, you know, you're, you're getting, uh, the awareness that hopefully you want, you're, you're prepared to make those moves. By the way, so glad you take the client's wishes into account because I know many, many reps who do not, um, who rather like convince their client that the way that I want to go is, is the better way, but you're right. Everyone, every client has sort of a different goal, different objective for all of their work. It's a balance, you know, and, and not, not necessarily of a client's wishes because if they're, if they're creating material, they're creating material. What, what I mean by the balance is like, so for example, all, all too often, you know, I'll get that line from, from, I won't, I won't name names, but like X studio or otherwise to say, we, we won't, we'll give you a third of the money, but we promise we'll make it. And like, that sounds beautiful, but like a year from now, that person might not be at that studio yeah. or otherwise. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, so that, that is a little bit of the balance that we all deal with of like, okay, it, it, it's, this is, you know, this is not just about the money, but the money is tangible and guaranteed. So it's like, you know, in lieu of a fine, great. I don't have to have the most money. So what's B and, and how, how are you making that real? Mm-hmm. Because if I take B, and we're all looking at each other a year from now. It's like, oh, well, X happened or Y happened, and this movie came out. We can't do it. It's like, okay, but I didn't take that money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's 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 a little bit of um, I don't want to say gaslight, but a little bit of, of a thing that we run into every so often. We're like, oh, you're just trying to get the most money. It's like, well, you're literally not promising anything yeah. or guaranteeing anything. So, I rather take the, the thing that's guaranteed. A little bit of a tangent, but I think I think it's worth clarifying that because it's a thing that we run into all the time where sort of like people almost try to play a buyer's play like a moral card of like oh you just want money yeah 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 if you believe in this project the way that we believe in this you'll take less (laughs) money (laughs) yeah oh yeah i love that line and in exchange for what guarantee yeah so that that's that's we promise scott we promise We'll make it <laughs> <laughs> right even though they're like they're working in like at a, at a gaming company yeah. yeah yeah um okay one last question i swear it's the last question at least for me for pre-wga writers how do you recommend they go about getting their short story out there if they don't have reps to help them the way that you help your writers well i, I look I, I think reddit is really a, a great place to do it and, and i think from there for example we talk about queries right where like I'm probably setting myself up for getting a lot of emails right now. But yeah. like, for example, if someone's like, "Hey, I have this story on Reddit. It's the number one this month. Mm. I'll, I'll at least read the title." I mean, that's that's the beautiful thing about Reddit is like, or I should say specifically, no sleep. That like conceptually, those titles are designed to to lay it all out there. Like it's like you know, sure, yeah. Uh, uh, I think my mother-in-law tries to kill me or, or, you know, we, we have a handful of those where, where it's like, Oh, okay. I like, that's interesting. And then from there I'll read the first paragraph and, and craft is evident in the first paragraph. It just is, you know, or, or if it, if it's passing with a great concept, I'll keep reading. It's that simple. So yes, I, I very much would encourage it not, you know, because it, it, you never know who's, who is going to, see it on reddit but then also you have a link and it's like a third party link that almost just whether it's real or not makes it feel more real like oh it exists here versus like here's a pdf you know it is mm-hmm. something about 
I mean, I'm just anti PDF in general. It just seems so stale. But it's like it's, it's. This is actually changing me. When I I have a short story I'm working on with my my manager right now, and I PDF her, and this is that that's stupid. That's so that's so dinosaur. You're right. I should Google Docs this thing. Yeah. That's just. It, it makes more sense. You have to do particularly for these shorts. Yeah. Uh, for the exchange of ideas. Yes. I'm getting really in the weeds here, but like you know, depending on who you give it to, you can give them editorial or you can just give them suggestions. So it's like just leave your comments, leave your suggestions. Yes, no, yes, no. Yeah. It's great. So, so yeah, I would very much encourage them to do that. I uh, post on Reddit, no sleep. There, there's it doesn't mess with your chain of title. It gives you a platform. Frankly, it gets you feedback too. Like if nobody's upvoting you and nobody is commenting. Probably not doing, you know, it, it could be a cool story, but there's something you're yeah. you're not doing right. There's a disconnect, it's just, yeah. It's just the reality. So, I mean, gosh, like to be able to get that, like you can live anywhere in the world and to be able to get that immediate feedback from an audience, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm excited. I feel like I want to go work on my short yeah. story right after we're done with this. Yeah. I guess I guess the last thing here is here are 10 concepts I have. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, no. I, I think this is it. This, that, Scott, this was amazing. Yeah. You're thank amazing. you so much for sharing all of this. It's super helpful for everyone and just very illuminating on what this process has been for you. It's super cool. It was a blast. I, I hope to come back. And I, I should also give a, a shout out to, uh, I do all my sales with, with Verve. So David Boxerbound and Adam oh, Levine. Oh, shit. Or who I do all the short story short story sales with, That's and Josh's then boy. Liz Parker does all of her book deals. Yeah, David's my agent. Oh, I didn't know that. Fantastic. Yeah. There you go. He's the best. Absolutely the best. Uh, I've never Boxer even given Bob him a it. shout out. He's a, no, you've never. I don't think anyone knows Boxer Bob is your guy. No, he's a selling machine. Yeah, he he's he's a good guy. He knows exactly what he's doing. Everybody verbal. Yeah, so it, it's worth mentioning. Oh man. All right. You might you might have to send him an email, Josh, just to say hi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, just checking in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's go to the quote of the day. There is no point in having sharp images when you have fuzzy ideas. Jean-Luc Godard. Boom. Please remember to rate and subscribe. Follow us at Act Two Writers for more awesome writing stuff. You can follow me, Tasha, at Story Thursday on Instagram or Twitter at Tasha 3.0. I'm Joshua Hallman on Twitter. Josh Hallman, Instagram. Scott, do you have any social media that uh, we need to throw out there? Sure. Yeah, you can follow me uh, on on Twitter at Scott Classical, which I do. It's just saying, <laughs> it's a good follow. <laughs> As always, the Act Two podcast is a production of Act Two, a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter. This episode was edited by Paul Lundquist. Music by Four One Four Bag, which you can find on Spotify. Mm-hmm.